What is up, YouTube? Uh, welcome to Thirsty Thursday. We are here to... As I had an old English teacher tell me before, it was, you do not quench your thirst. You slake your thirst. We are here to slake your thirsts related to any and all things related to, well, grass. However you find that fancy, uh, that's we, we, we are here to serve you in some form or fashion. Uh, this is going to be a fun one because we have back uh, for a second time in a frequently referenced episode of last year with Turfology, and we're going to do it again. And we've got a twofer uh, because I think, Mike, did you have the vid last year when, when we were doing this or something like that? A cold? No, I don't know. that was me. Oh, was that's right. It was you. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. Because I think you you <laughs> popped in a couple times. Uh, from from t- I I can't even remember that that far back. And to be honest, like, how long has it been? Has it? It's it's been what eight months, nine months, over a year, over, over a year. A year? year? Jesus Christ! Yeah. I have yeah. Ah, time flies. Ah, man. There's something about. There's something about the way the time is is passing right now that's slightly depressing. Um, but, you know, we'll all figure it out. Since it is Thirsty Thursday and today is my Friday, um, gentlemen, let's, let's, go ahead, let's go ahead and share what we have in the glasses. What's in the glass tonight? <laughs> we have a Macallan 12. 12. Double oh cask. My. The finest of scotches. Almost gone. And we have a little Buffalo Trace. Ooh, nice. If you, if you, if you like your spicy uh, spicy um, mash bills, can't go wrong with Buffalo nice. Trace. Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing a Bernheim weeded whiskey uh, barrel proof. Focus, you fuck. There it is. A little spicy mm-hmm. sauce. I'm going to have a couple of these. And of course, I'm being good. This is quadruple filtered reverse osmosis water. Yes, Ray. Do one no, for all of us. Uh, I have, I have a no, lemon water here, just in case, too. And and for, and it's also no plastic. And here's why I'm mildly paranoid about water. Uh, last month, I found out that there's no PFAS in our groundwater here. Oh, yeah. Uh, are you gonna treat it by uh uh? Uh, uh, heating it to to pyrolyzed temperatures and then adding a little calcium EDTA to it because I I believe that's that's a patented treatment process and we all know how well water does at a thousand degrees Celsius that's that's why it's going through RO and come to find out with RO here's how RO works goes through activated carbon before the RO membrane and then it goes through activated carbon at least once more after the RO membrane. So it's literally treated many times before it enters my lips. <laughs> I think Matt's getting some instructions. <laughs> and this was just. Uh, as I said, because come to find out, uh, there's no one, one second in my water supply. <laughs> so shit. Better safe than sorry. 
all and and the year before that there was fuel oil or gasoline aviation gas in my water <laughs> sounds like a great water supply you got there <laughs> yeah i mean uh, let's see and all thanks to the united states government because these are basically spills that happen on military property. And then, of course, they get cleaned up properly, you know. Yeah, they, they, get, they only get cleaned up when the city of Honolulu finds it and traces the source of the contamination back. That's when it gets cleaned up. And it happens right away. Cleaned up right on the right after they discover it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there is no time for damage to be done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, but of course, I mean, uh, I would like to think that, hey, if I can smell gasoline in my water <laughs> oh shit what is that what does that mean <laughs> if you can light your water on fire there is an issue <laughs> you got you got problems this is good water <laughs> well hey guys i mean that is the proverbial fire water right there there it is yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, I just looked it up. The last time you guys were on here was December 16th. Well, uh, let me rephrase. The last time Michael was on here was December 16th, 2021. Since Tanner, you know, had the plague. Yeah. yeah Tanner. Yeah. And even before that, I remember us running into each other uh, at a what is that at uh, at a bar and grill in Louisville? And is that Guy Fieri's? Is where we were. Guy Fieri's, yeah. yeah. And Guy Fieri's. Yeah, we just we just went into like <sighs> a deep dive into. Let's see. Uh, what is that? Insecticide resistant armyworm. I remember that mm. conversation <laughs> rather rather clearly. I mean, that was like a a deep dive. <laughs> Uh, yeah, into, bear with me, boys. I am going to pull up a uh, a sheet to take notes here because I I have a feeling that through the course of this I'll have to take notes. Um, exactly like you know, were talking about because of the the depth of the conversation that it turned into uh, last time. I've I've got a feeling we might we might be doing something similar this time. Uh, so talk to us over. Last time you were on, you know, I think I think you gave us a synopsis of where you were business wise, and uh, and you know it was it was the great army worm a thon of, uh, of whatever that was twenty twenty one I guess, and uh, so where where are we at now? What was what 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 were sales like last year? What was production like last year? Uh, we were in the midst of the great fertilizer crisis of twenty twenty two that we had not seen since two thousand nine. 
2009, 2010. And, uh, and so what, what, what did last year look like and what are the, what are the hopes, goals, promises, and dreams of 2023? You want to take this? Go ahead, Michael. (laughs) Well, um, so a lot, a lot happened last year. Um, I think we finally figured out it was a get off the, you know, shit or get off the pot time with the, with the company. So, um, fertilizer prices did not help us at, at all because we sent out all of our renewals ahead of time. So everybody got their renewals in December before we knew that everything was going to skyrocket. Um, luckily our margins were good enough that we didn't have to go back and raise any of our existing clients prices, um, just to kind of save face with them. Um, yeah. which is really good for, for, you know, the business and taking care of our people. Um, but then anybody, anybody new obviously got, got hit with a little bit of a price increase. And so we made it through. It was, it was good. Um, no army worm pressure, um, a lot of disease. Uh, but I think we figured out why that was, um, and it was our fault. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a good year. Uh, what, what, what was growth like, you know, so this is, this is kind of the, the, the post COVID, um, sobriety point that, that I'll call it. Right. And, you know, I, I hear what I heard in, in, I I don't, I don't talk to a lot of people in your area in Illinois, but I do talk to a few people in Indiana and uh, it was, it was kind of interesting that people I talked to in Ohio was like, holy Fuck! It is just so crazy. I, I ha- I'm having to tell people no. I'm talking to people in Indiana that were like, during COVID, they're like, "Wow, I'm like losing customers for the first time in a really long time." And then last year, they were like, "Jesus, I'm hemorrhaging customers, and I'm beginning to panic. Like, I've never had to market before, and I'm going to have to start marketing." Um, and then you know, and, and it would it would be, I would say, ninety percent of people I talked to were like, "Oh man, it's grow mode. Everything's good. It's gangbusters. We're all we're all set." And then, and then ten percent of people would be like, "Man, this is weird. Like, I've never experienced this before." What What was it like in your area? I mean, I don't think I don't think we grew crazy last year because of the pricing. We were definitely we're we're still priced probably the highest in our area, and uh-huh. I mean, we still grew, but definitely not probably what our necessarily our goals were, but. Um, for where we had to adjust to, I mean, we, like Michael said, we, we did what we had to do to make sure to maintain the margins we were at. Um, but we still came out, you know, better than where we were at the year before. And, um, we're set up even better this year. Um, I think a lot of people got scared of the prices last year and there's been some of the smaller companies that have backed out this year and, there's actually been a couple of small companies that have approached us and we are um, currently taking over their, their clientele. And um, it's been really helpful for us also this year to, to, to help grow further on this year. Uh, that is good. And, and, and this is going to sound kind of crazy and you may not want to talk about this on air. And if you, if you don't uh, tell me, that's fine. Um, I, I do understand one thing I do understand is, is what it's like trying to grow a business after, um, a tough year. I know what it's like trying to grow a business when you are priced well above your competitors in a marketplace. And what, one thing that always, that I personally really get excited about 
is trying to figure out how to deliver the, uh, the, the, the types of performance metrics in terms of green grass uh, and, and deliver it in a package that is going to allow you to be as profitably as possible, to be as competitive as possible. And it may be one of those things that you don't necessarily advertise your pricing this way, but you know that it gives you a buffer uh, if, you, if you've got to get into some sales wars, right? Now, I, I know, and I want to clarify this for everyone out there that's listening right now, especially if you run a business. In my opinion, you, you, have, uh, you need to pick a business strategy and stick to it. Do not try to mix and match business strategies. And I think it falls, especially specific to Ferton Square, uh, it falls into two categories. You're either going to be a volume-based business, meaning that you're going to run a route, you're going to try to produce a certain dollar amount in a day, and you're going to try and meet a certain uh, um, uh, product cost margin, and uh, and therefore you know maximize dollar uh, uh, revenue generated per truck per day, and do that in in such a way that you deliver the most exceptional results possible, or what you can do is price yourself above and beyond and make people beg you to be their customer and you price it as high as you possibly fucking want and uh, to, to just show that, look, and, and here's the thing is that if I'm going to take you on as a customer, yes, you're going to have to beg me and two is I'm going to take complete and total fucking control. And if you violate anything that I put in front of you that I ask you to do, you're going to have to go pound sand and that's just going to be the end of it. Uh, and, and, and you know, there's, one of the mistakes, and I've been very transparent about this, is that is that one of the the first mistakes I made was trying to bridge those two. Right, like how do I do both of those simultaneously? And what I could not handle was psychologically um, being in one neighborhood where I've got three properties that they're like whatever it takes, whatever it costs, I need you to do it. And then I had sixteen more that were like. Um, I, 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 I do not want to spend, uh, you, you know, $2,300 on my lawn this year to, to have it treated. And, uh, and so what can I get for 900? Uh, you know, where are we going to go there? And I would have to drive past that lawn and it, and it, it's burned out in the middle of summer and I'm hyperventilating and I'm like, well, oh, fuck, if I could just spray this damn Azoxy strobin on it, I know it's going to look 87% better in a week. And I'd be like, okay, fuck it. It's, I'm going to use it. And I'm going to start to convince myself that I'm going to blow money on this property because I just can't handle how it looks. Right. And, and so in, in, in my opinion, I think the, the safer strategy is to pick is strategy is to pick one and go with it. Now I understand y'all are two guys you come, you, 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 you know, your, your experience in this is I'm, I'm going to use this term loosely. I'm going to use the term volume loosely, but that you you inherently want to grow your business. You you want to maximize revenue per truck per person, and uh, and 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 use that right. That's why you've gone through the the acquisitions that you've done to get to the point that you are now. Is because that's that's a strategy, right? I'm just saying this to other people that are out there. You know that when you hear me talking about cheapening this down is that you you have to understand that there is a business that has to operate profitably, and there is a way. Like I talked about the other week. Uh, there is a way, like for instance, just 12 cuts a year on my front yard, I can make it the best looking tall fescue lawn anywhere in my immediate area. Yes, there's going to be a handful of t- tall fescue lawns that are going to look a hell of a lot better than mine that are out, out there in Knoxville. But 
considering that I'm only doing 12 cuts and I'm probably going to fertilize it once, maybe. Um, I, and, and it, I, I, I just know how to do that, right? That's what comes with time experience and, uh, and all the fun things that, you know, we, we talk about on here, right? So when I'm talking about these things, you're going to hear it and you're going to be like, why would you do this so cheap? This stupid as fuck. Are you really delivering to the customer? Yes, I am delivering to the customer and the results of my lawns are going to be there to, to back it up. But it's going to sound like that it is such a simple product you're using. You're, it's going to sound like it's impossible to get that result. But again, it comes down to uh, uh, timing, where we are geographically, and uh, and uh, the, the the types of, of turf types we're growing there that allows us the flexibility to be able to do these things. And because they've been on the, uh, the show before, that's why we can make these generalized recommendations. And it may not work for you. So when you hear me talk about this, this doesn't mean that it's going to apply apples to apples to your situation. We know these guys. That's why we can make these recommendations here. And again, they're in grow mode. They need to be profitable. They need to be generating a strong set of revenue. They have young children in the house. They need fucking money, right? And so how are we going to get that money? Is we're going to get delivered the best results we possibly can. And we're going to go get that motherfucking money the, the way we know how. We know how to make lawns look badass. But how do we get there as cheaply as possible to be able to keep everyone fed? All right, got that out of the way, uh, and uh, and if you're not a capitalist, then please uh, get you, you just turn off turn off the show. Get fucked. Uh, get fucked. Get we fucked. have no room for communism on this show, uh, and that's and that's that. Um, okay, that out of the way. Um, the the first thing I want to ask, um, and and if you don't mind, you you are you are close to St. Louis, right? Yeah, twenty minutes out. Yep. Okay. Okay, and you're on the Illinois side, right? Yes. Who are is your current um, fertilizer supplier, and who is your current uh, 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 herbicide supplier or pesticide supplier? Site one. Okay. Uh, why? And I'm I'm okay with these answers. Site one has great terms, great flexibility. They've got they've got support in there, so. Whatever it is that, that it is you're looking for, just make that known so I can keep that in the back of my head. If it's terms, early order programs, whatever the case may be. It's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of the relationship with the rep um, that's taking care of us. Okay. But that being said, we've tried looking elsewhere um, locally and everywhere else is 10x you know, more expensive. Um, for very similar products from what we're getting from site one. And, you know, you know we definitely are, we've, we've tried branching out and, and trying to find other suppliers and building other relationships, but for the programs we're running, we just end up going right back to, to site one. That's interesting, um, Tanner. That's very you, interesting. You're in, <laughs> what, what are you closest to Collinsville or Granite city? Is it Granite city? Yeah, we're in Edwardsville. Pontoon Beach. You're you're in Ed, Edwardsville. Oh. Okay. Um, the, the site one is in Pontoon Beach, right? Yeah. And, and when you say you've looked at other places, what what other places have you have you looked at? Um, is it are you looking at ATS? Are you looking at uh, what are the agricultural services? Uh, have you found any co-ops in the area? That kind of thing. DNK. So, I mean. <laughs> I've never heard of DNK. No, no co-ops would get back to me. Um, ATS was just a little bit higher than site one was. 
Um, so our, our rep is giving us like, like massive bulk order prices. We've known him for, for a while and he's, he's helping us out. Let me put it that way. Um, well, so we're getting a good discount. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now that yes, maybe compared to what ATS has given you right now at this moment, Mm -hmm. he may be giving you bulk price. He's not. And I'm going to, I'm going to shoot you straight on this right here. Yes. He's your buddy. Yes. He's probably beating ATS prices because he knows what it is. He is not giving you fucking bulk discount prices. Guarantee fucking to you. And, and, and I, I can, I can prove it to you. If you tell me like a fertilizer blend and a, a price that you're paying, I, I, I will flat out tell you whether it's good or not. Give me an analysis yeah. and composition and I'll, and I'll, and I'll shoot it to you. And one that's not coated with pesticide, preferably. Uh, what, I don't know what we got quoted for. Oh, so our, let's put it this way. Our 15, three, seven that we ran last year, um, okay. which was the, was it 50% bio, um, ammonium sulfate. I, I believe that was at 18. 18 a bag last year. It was like mm-hmm. 22. 22 oh, 22 was it 22? Bag. Okay. 22. Yeah. All right. Towards the end of the year, it was back down to 21 at the end of the year. You should be paying fifteen fifty, maybe $16 back for that. Flat out. And, I believe and that's, that. and that's, and that's not, that's, that's not bulk pricing. That's like, if you're buying a pallet of it, you should be paying that price. Yeah. And it, and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this to slight you and I'm not saying this to slight site one. I'm just putting this in your head to challenge you to be more aggressive on this. Uh, because realistically, especially this year, this year you should be, sp- you should be paying somewhere around like 1350 for that bag, maybe even 13 bucks even. And if you can't find it, I want to help you find it at that price. I think I can. Um, even if you have to get it from somewhere a little bit further away and have it, have it brought in on a truck. I think you would still be at 15 bucks a bag, having it delivered from outside the area. Um, and, and typically how many pallets are you going through in a round two, three, four, five, somewhere in there? Seven, seven this year. Seven. Okay. So we're, we're, we're floating on, on, uh, so we could still do that LTL, right? So that'd be, that'd be two trucks at LTL, uh, getting it from somewhere there to you. Um, and it would not be far to you. So I'm going to guess 400 bucks a truck. So, you know, add on a hundred dollars, uh, a, a pallet. And this is absolute worst case scenario. It may be like $275, but we'll just say worst case scenario. So, you know, it's going to add roughly another $2 a bag. That's $13.50. That's landing to you at, at $15 a bag. Okay. Um, and and I, I know for a fact uh, that could come out of Evansville, Indiana, for, probably for somewhere around, around $13.50 a bag. Uh, I know that could come out of Nashville for at most. 1350 a bag at most 1350 bag. And, uh, and that, that would come out of Tennessee farmers co-op, but Tennessee's farmers co-op is owned by Greenpoint ag right now. Uh, and uh, Greenpoint ag is major regional now. So, uh, they went through a mass acquisition process and, uh, and so there's, there's no reason you should be paying anywhere close to that. What ATS is doing is, um, and, and uh, look, I love the guys at ATS. They have incredible reps, and I'm not, I'm not shitting on them at all, but I'm going to shit on them in this particular instance. 
one of the one of the things you do, and this is just smart business, right? You move into a market, you do market analysis. And and you go and you figure out what everybody else is doing. You look at where you are on your cost. You look at where you are on your margins. And you say, well, you know what? I know I can deliver better service than site one. Site one's at $20 a bag. I'm going to sell it at 21 because I am better than that guy, right? Uh, I deliver something more. And it, it'd be the same thing that you are out you know, shopping your lawn care service against other people in the area, right? Why? What, what is the fundamental difference between you being a dollar more than the next guy? Well, it's me, motherfucker. That's why. Because I've got this shit in my fucking head because I've got a network of people that I can consult with that help me be better. And I put the time in all fucking work to be the best that I can possibly fucking be. Because when I'm not on your lawn, I'm still learning what the fuck I'm doing. That's why I'm a dollar more, damn it. Right? And so that's the same way these guys are thinking, right? In, in the same way too. And, and, and what, while I understand that and I appreciate that, there's also the other aspect of this. The beautiful thing about capitalism is that it's free market, right? So you also get to go find the person. And you know what? That guy may be working really hard. But at the same time, you're like, look, I'm a growing business. And I'm trying to grow into a, tr- a, a company that's going to order 10, 20 trucks a year, right? And right now, this pricing I'm at, I'm not going to be able to compete in such a way to be able to grow into 10, 20 trucks, right? And you can have that conversation with you. And then as you get further down the road, and it may be a year in that they'll finally be like, look, dude, you just don't have the volume that I can justify. You know, at your volume, I have to be at 60 points. I got to I got to be at 60 percent margins. And that's just the way it is. Right. And that could be a corporate thing. It could be out of their hands. I, I don't know. You know, I have no idea how how their their side of it works. And uh, and, it, and it just may be their, their hands are tied and they want to do better, but that's all they can do. Right. But not everybody's hands are going to be tied. And and what we have to do is put in the effort to figure out whose hands aren't tied and then uh, take advantage of that to be able to put you in the grow mode to be able to take on whoever the fuck you come across, right? And, and, and again, it's not something that you show up to the door and you say, you know, hi, I can do your lawn application of five 5,000 square feet for $37. That's not what you do. You show up and you say, look, I can do your 5,000 square foot lawn. It's going to cost $65. And if they're like, well, I got a quote for $37. And then you give them your, your hard pitch. Look, I continue to do this when I'm offline. There is no one in this city that is going to put the amount of effort off work that I do. And so you're not just getting someone who's here when they're here. I'm here even when I'm not here. And that's what the price difference is. And they're like, look, can you help me out? Just because I, there's no way I can afford that. And be like, okay, then how close are we? How close do we have to be to be able to make it? And you're like, look, if you could do it for $57, I'll, I'll go to you right now. And, and then you know, like, I'll do it this time. But this is what I need you to do is I need you to call three of your closest people. And once I deliver a product that you're proud of, Please tell those three closest people and I'll do it for you at this price. Does that make sense? And then, and then, you know, they'll be like, okay, all right, all right, I'll do it. And then it's at that point, the onus is on you to be able to deliver. Right. And, uh, so in, in, in that way, now you get to really capitalize on that margin. You get to really put that money in your pocket and decide what do I want to do next? Do I want to invest in office? Do I want to invest in accounting? Do I want, do I want to invest in systems, processes, software, whatever the case may be? Or do I just want to take a fucking vacation for once because I've put my family through shit the last two years, right? All of those are good things because that's an investment back in your business. Investing in time off is investing in you, which is investing in your business, right? So don't even be pissed at yourself for that. Um, but I, I, you know, first and foremost here, 
you know, is, is site one going to give you the best pesticide prices? No. Are they going to be terrible? No. Are they going to give you the best fertilizer prices? Not a fucking chance. Uh, <laughs> and, and I, let me explain this to you. Biosolids, for instance, right now, um, I could call and have biosolids delivered to my plant in Cookville, Tennessee for $70 a ton all day, all day long in, in bulk bags too, right? So it's in, in a 2,000 pound super sack, but it would be delivered for $70 a ton. 50% of your bag is biosolids, right? And then I'm guessing just based on the analysis there, but we'll say 50% of it is, is biosolids. That means uh, in that ton of fertilizer that you have, we'll say it's $50 a ton to put it in bags and on a pallet, right? So that's $25 there. Then uh, you have $70 a ton in biosolids and only 50% of it is biosolids. So that's $35. So you got 25 plus 35. So now you're at $60 a ton is what you have invested in 50% of that bag, right? 20% of it is going to be nitrogen. Nitrogen, they're probably getting at $700 a ton at 20%. Then you know you're you're coming in at, at, at whatever that is. Where's that? Uh, I, I need a calculator for this one. I'm flying off a uh, hundred miles an hour here. What is what is twenty percent of seven hundred dollars? Uh, seven hundred times point two. So one hundred and forty dollars plus sixty. Now we're at two hundred dollars. Uh, we'll say the uh, it, the uh, uh, six. You said a fifteen six seven. What was it? A fifteen three seven. Three three seven. 15.37, and that, that 20% nitrogen is actually high um, uh, because we've got uh, incoming from ammonium phosphate here. Uh, and so a three, uh, that is going to be an 18, uh, an 18.46. So three, it's going to be less than 10%. We'll, we'll call it 9% for shits and giggles. So $1,000 uh, times 0.09. Um, and that, I mean, I mean, this is just, I'm really giving them uh, a, a soft, uh, conservative number here. So that's $90 a ton. And, and what were we at bef before, uh, we were at, at 200. So now we're at, uh, at 290 and then we have a little bit of potash, uh, and that's, a, that's a seven. It's going to be 60% uh, of potash. So we'll call that 12%, uh, times when we'll call it a thousand dollars a ton too, assuming they're holding on to a, a old inventory. So a thousand times, uh, uh, 12%. So that's going to be another $120. Uh, so we are at, um, let's see, uh, 340 plus 120, 460 divided by 40. So there's $11 and 50 cents in that bag, right? Uh, and so let's say a, a typical fertilizer salesperson is going to mark this up 30%. Right. And, uh, and if you're a fertilizer guy and you're selling at 30% margins, ain't nobody mad at that. You know, 40 is going to be great. Uh, 20, if you're selling truckloads, uh, well, if you're selling a full truck, maybe 20%. If you're selling truckloads, you're probably 10, 15%. Right. So we'll put, we'll put a 30% margin on this and, uh, and you're at 1495 a bag at last year's prices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is what we paid three, four years ago is what we were paying. We were paying about 12, 50, 13 bucks back. Yeah. And, and so those prices are almost double that I used last year. So it would have been, it would have been about $7 and 80 cents a bag then. So what you're seeing is probably 80% to hundred percent markup through site one, because they have to 
hit certain margins. It's just, it's just the what the law of the land. And, and you know, they're, they're a public company and they've, they've got to be at certain numbers and that that's just how it goes. Um, so, uh, I, I, anyway, now we know that $15 a bag is your ceiling of what you should be paying on this. Right. And, and, and here's the thing, and this is where you have to get, why you have to contact so many people to get this figured out is that it all depends on who's holding inventory from when, right? So if you've got urea that you bought from last winter, uh, then you probably paid seven fifty, seven eighty a ton for it, right? If you uh, are, are dealing with someone who bought urea two weeks ago, then they probably got urea delivered for $600 a ton, right? And so you might see a huge price discrepancy between two different co-ops there just because one bought it or, or took delivery on their futures a hell of a lot later than the other company did. And so they got locked in at a better price. So it just, it gets, it gets a little bit better there. Right. Um, so, uh, uh, it, it, anyway, it's, it's important that you, you, you don't just go to two people and I would stay away. And this is between me and you, I would stay away from if there is turf in the name of the say of the, of the fertilizer supplier, I would go to the next one. Uh, Chuck Benzing said a north of, uh, an hour north of Edwardsville, there is a nutrient nutrient is going to be a good name to look for. Those guys are going to be incredibly hungry because that nutrient is the merger of, um, uh, uh, potash corp and agram, right? Major, major money, biggest agricultural company in the United States. And they decided to start a turf division, right? And so if you are a lawn care company and you reach out to them, their dicks are going to stand up as high as they possibly can. And, uh, and, What's that? Nutrien, Nutrien was always in the turf and specialty supply business. They were always in it. Okay? But because they never had dedicated reps that I know of. I had never been able to get a hold of a dedicated rep with Nutrien. Well, they, they, they never really had a dedicated turf rep. That, that is true. However, they were always in the business because here's a fun fact, Matt. I've been dealing with the various iterations uh, when Nutrien was named something else, when they called themselves Agrium, when they called themselves something else. And guess how long I've been dealing with them? Since the 1990s. Now, when they were Agrium, I, I will say this, Agrium had hungry lawn care, guy, lawn care reps. They were starving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, um, but they but they've been in the in the business and I can tell you that they have fairly good product and all along yep. you know while talking about these products this product okay I have another question for you Michael why biosolids why is that even in the bag why so it's not anymore um we have cut that out this year we were we will not run any biosolids this year uh, Thank you. When we when we started using that, it was the cheapest available. Um, it just kept getting that's what we had used, and it just kept getting hammered down our throats, hammered down our throats, and it really pissed me off last year because I asked them for the PFAS report on everything, and they shit on me. Um, so then I called up literally. the corporate office. <laughs> I mean, literally. Mm-hmm. Look who decided to show up, eh? Hey? Um, yeah, so I'm done. We're 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 not using biosolids this year. Okay, because because I, I just uh, you know wanted to kind of clarify that because right. to to me 
if I'm concerned with getting down my NPK at a reasonable cost over acreage, last thing I want in it is any kind of fillers or materials where I cannot determine release rate or response from. Because you see, I, you I'm going bio- to push back just a little bit, Ray. You, mm-hmm. and, and I want you to keep this in the back of your mind is that we've got, we're, we're running two different types of business here, here, right? These guys, you have how many apps, how many visits per year do you have? Six. It was six, six. but now we're doing five this year with a soil amendment at the end of the year. Okay. So we've as- got, we've got five visits to cover a seven month, eight month growing window. So and my, my point on this is that when they're, when they're looking for options that are going to be able to provide duration, um, I don't, obviously I don't think biosellers are the best, but in terms of dollar for dollar up to this point, I don't think it's the worst thing they could have done. Sure. Sure. So, and I will say, I will say during the summer months when it was 125,000 degrees out last year, um, those biosiles were kicking, dude. And as long as your yard was just a little bit irrigated, ours were still the best in the neighborhood, like hands down. Um, and we, we didn't put that much down to be honest with you. We, I think we ran that fifteen three seven at like a quarter pound of nitrogen with our round three paired with our Tetrino. So, at, you know, I don't, yes. I don't know. It was great. Just, yeah. I mean, and that I, I consider that just a matter of all the circumstances lining up, you know, and, you know, the stars aligning, so to speak. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. just my, this is my thought on it. And, but then otherwise, uh, I call that throwing in a real wild, wild card. You know, mm-hmm. that's and- just my point on it. And and I'll say I'll say this too is that doing only five applications a year that I mean that in and of itself is a fucking wild card. That's hard. And and mm-hmm. anybody anybody out there that tells you you know f- five applications is easy in a seven month growing period is going to be full of shit because you're you're asking a lot of your nitrogen management that you have zero fucking control over. You have no control over it. <laughs> And so you are at the mercy of weather. You're at the you're at the mercy of irrigation, rainfall, uh, and uh, 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 temperatures. In in and you're just like, man, may the good Lord be in my favor in this particular instance because who knows how this is going to shake out? And it can come out in your favor, and it can come out way the hell out of your favor as well, too. Agreed. Yeah. Last year, last year it did not rain in Illinois. Um, Probably the entire month of June and probably most of July, there was there was absolutely zero rain like whatsoever, and that definitely crispy. made it a little. It was it was very crispy last year compared to and then the and then in prior. the meantime, of course, you had nitrogen on the ground in those hot temperatures, and that nitrogen will will need a combination of moisture and heat to release and when you have all that nitrogen releasing under warm and moist conditions guess what you guys are going to get disease buddy disease yep 
I mean, that's that's just where I, I'm just what we got. putting. Yeah, I'm just kind of putting <laughs> this all together and thinking now. All of these biosolid cowboys, what they get or what they can get is when it starts raining in the summertime, what follows is a certain amount of disease pressure. I mean, that's just, uh, that's just how it goes. I mean, I, I'm not making that rule. It just happens. <laughs> um, it just happens. It, it, with the fertilizer options, uh, you have a, uh, a Helena um, in Bridgeton. Uh, I, I guess this is on the Missouri side. This is uh, in West St. Louis. Um, uh, and, and they do deliver because I'm, I'm looking at their Google Earth photo and I see their delivery truck right out front. Um, Helena is based out of Memphis. They are basically a co-op type distributor. Um, and, and if you tell them, if you, if you talk to a nutrient rep in Edward and, uh, 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 an hour away from you and you talk to that Helena rep and I guarantee you the nutrient guy delivers as well too. Um, and you say, they're going to ask, who else are you doing business with? Don't say site one, you know, tell them the other guy, right? And be like, oh, I'm doing business with Helena to the nutrient guy. And then you tell the nutrient guy, oh, I'm doing business with Helena because those two guys are going to supply metric fuck tons cheaper than ATS and site one, at least that from what the prices you've experienced right now, uh, I'm, uh, I'm telling you those, those guys are going to give you prices that are, you're going to be like, I've been paying what? Um, and, uh, like, I think Helena has a couple 18 to sixes that are off the shelf. Uh, and, uh, and I remember I used to get them and they would, they would coat them with this, this real funny, uh, uh, what was it? It was like, it was like a 30% slow release from, you know, a poly, uh, polymer sulfur coat. Uh, uh, what, what was the, uh, XCU from, uh, from, from Coke is, is, was their slow release. And it was like a 30% slow release or 40% slow release. And then they would put this uh, this uh, 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 root stimulator on it, right? That they would spray on there, and they would be like, "Look, you know, hey man, look, if you get it with this root, root, we'll we'll throw it on there for twenty five cents a bag." And you're like, "Oh shit, what's that going to come in at?" And they'll be like, "Man, it's it's eleven twenty five a bag." And I'm like, "Ah, okay, I'll do it." <laughs> and like, and then and then you hang up with them and you call your buddy and you'll be like, dude, Helena just gave me a quote for eleven dollars and twenty-five cents a bag, and site one quoted the same thing at fucking twenty-two. What do I do? Uh and it, it it's you're literally going to melt in your seat when you when you hear the numbers, right? And again, do not be scared to pit those two against each other. And you know why? And the beautiful thing that you can tell those two companies, and they will understand this. Your your rep will understand this. Because of the style company they work for, tell them we're in acquisition mode. We we are actively looking to buy smaller companies right now, and uh, and we just got started in this. We're act we we have uh, sustained enough growth that we may be buying this right now, but we are actively we have money in our pocket that we were going to allocate towards acquiring businesses. Whether you do or not, you say it right because you've been through that process before. You know the lingo. You know the talk. Use it against them. And when they hear that, because those are two companies that are well-versed in what that means. Nutrien is the ultimate when it comes to acquisitions. Somebody mentioned <laughs> that Loveland is now Nutrient. Yeah. 
uh, uh, nutrient yes. scooped in there after that merger. They had $22 billion of acquisition cash and they started spending it. And it was wild watching them bring brands under their radar. It was fucking fascinating. And they still are. Uh, same with Helena. Helena does, does the same thing. So don't be scared to use that lingo to those guys because when they hear it, even as a sales rep, they know exactly what that means because they have been a part of it. And, uh, and it'll, it'll get their debt card. Right. And so, mm-hmm. uh, and that, and that is going to be how you leverage the best price possible. And then the beautiful thing about that is that with them that close, they'll deliver to you all day long. You don't have to worry about that. So now you don't have to worry about LTL trucking and all that fun stuff. And, uh, and it just, it's going to make everybody's life easier and you get to high five your rep and he'll deliver it on a Saturday if you need it to. Oh man, shit. I'm a box short on monument. And they're like, okay, where are you spraying at? I'll run it to you. How do I know I had it happen? <laughs> Now, granted, my Helena rep did threaten to whoop my ass at the 50-yard line of a high school football field, and I'm an asshole, and I, I baited him, and I was like, please swing on me, motherfucker, because you you barely come up to my nipple, and uh, and I, I want this fight right now. Uh, and so, anyway, it's neither here nor there. I'm, I'm, yeah. uh, at an Enterprise Rent-A-Car? <laughs> you would think oh. but i will say this the enterprise guy got me back maybe better than any other temper tantrum i've ever thrown though bring your mic up a little bit demay you're you're a little you're a little quiet over there how about how about now how oh about god now? i love that voice how about now i needed that i'm glad, I'm glad to hear you demay um <laughs> And if you, if you didn't catch the first part of this, we're talking about about they, they were talking about how they they were limited in in their growth last year due to the 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 pricing, and so we're talking about how to get that money back in their pocket to be able to continue to grow. And uh, and they they site one has got them to this point, and that's great and that's honorable. But it's time it's time to branch out and maximize that 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 dollar spent right. Um, Getting out of biosolids, comparable options, and I think you're going to hear uh, uh, three different points from all these guys. Um, I'm I'm going to be the cheap ass in the group, and I'm going to tell you to to try to find XCU as your slow release source. Uh, summer wise, during the summertime, uh, any other time, whether that be spring in, in in spring, I would stay away from slow release in the fall altogether. I I would also say that you don't need it in the spring either. You don't need slow release, but for summer, your best dollar for dollar that you're going to get that is not a biosolid. And I don't think with either Helena or Nutrien, you're going you're going to be able to get a turkey litter or a poultry manure or anything like that. But um, uh, I think your your best dollar for dollar will be XCU. Uh, but I'm I'm sure Ray and Ryan may have different takes on this, and I'll I'll let y'all give your opinion on that as well too. Okay, uh, here's my thought on it. How about since you know you have potential disease issues, how about planning on having your nitrogen taper off a bit during the summer? I mean, that's just, uh, you know, my understanding of cool season grasses where they may be the greenest lawn in the neighborhood. Yeah. Then they turn into this patchy, scary mess when it alternates between it raining and being 90 something degrees the next day. Yeah. And of course, the reason why i'm thinking about this is 
ideally you have your grass well supplied with nitrogen in spring from whatever you did in the fall in the form of adequate readily available nitrogen during your fall rounds so i'm of the of the thought that I basically do not want a lot of nitrogen around in the summer period. I don't. I don't want it. Okay? So I'm not looking to have residual nitrogen of, you know, that can potentially release during these warmer and wetter periods. Not really. And that's just because you can do what you like. But because you are what's considered, you know, larger volume lawn care, it's not that practical to, for you to be keeping these lawns on, for example, an SDHI plus strobular and fungicide program during those disease-prone periods also. So the way you manage your disease pressure is think about your nitrogen. You know, that's just my food because, it, yeah, I mean, everybody likes to throw down fertilizer, get the grass greener. I know. However, you can do that, but corollary of that is you're standing by with SDHI, uh, strobilurin, some propiconazole or baliton, uh, some 3336, and also some signature stress guard because your lush juicy green grass is also very prone to pythium and okay 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 and let me tell you where pythium comes from pythium comes from juicy overly greened up grass so if somebody wants to keep juicy overly greened up grass Guess what's in their program? Methanoxin. Not methanoxin. Methanoxin is only to be used for curative emergency treatment of Pythium if it comes up and if you've caught it in time. Otherwise, if you know your turf grass is prone to Pythium, it is on Phosphetyl L every month. Every 28 days, it's on Phosphetyl it's on Fossetal L, also known as Chipko Signature. <laughs> and yeah. wait a minute, uh, Michael. Uh, did I tell you what that Chipko Signature costs? I'm sure I don't want to know. <laughs> it ain't fucking cheap. It ain't fucking yeah. cheap. I mean, that's, that's the, the reality. <laughs> and it's one of those what I'm going to call agency priced products where your rep can't, you know, jerk you around on the price. But what Envu, the company that, it, that bear was and is now Envu, what Envu wants for Chipko signature. Last time I looked, that was $250 for five pounds. And your application rate on that stuff is eight ounces per thousand square foot. 
<laughs> so what, you know what? <laughs> um, I I was gonna say uh, I ca- I cannot remember the there is a now. Uh, let me see. <sighs> it is. It is. Uh, Mephenoxum two AQ from Control Solutions, which is Qualipro, which is which is a generic brand, and you would be able to get this through Helena. Um, is uh, you 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 can get this generic and, and use it. Um, and that is that would be probably your best bet at a budget standpoint. However, Don't run it singularly, but run and- ran alongside. Uh, like a a a strobler and a DMI as part of your fungicide program. Okay, and also mefenoxim. You run an ultra high risk of creating a resistant strain when mefenoxim is used repeatedly and preventatively. That is why the last time I used mefenoxim, it was in a tank mix with a strobilurin and a DMI and thereafter that lawn that needed the mefenoxum went on Chipco signature because I didn't want to use that again because consider mefenoxum as strictly a curative treatment. It is strictly a curative treatment where you see, oh Lord, this lawn is melting out from Pythium. You do that Mephinoxum app, but thereafter and in the future, that lawn is on Fossetal L. Sure. Okay, I mean, because it is well documented, well known of how quickly and easily Pythium becomes resistant to Mephinoxum. Okay, that's just why when anybody talks to me about Pisium management on turf grass, I'm steering them towards Fossetal L. They say you can use your Mephinoxum to curatively treat that Pisium outbreak, but the fact that you had to even break out that bottle of uh, Mephinoxum should make you make a note to have that lawn on Fossetal L from here on out. <laughs> Demay, w- would, you, would you recommend a slow release at all? And I, I forgot about this, and I continue to forget about this, is uh, fucking, of all people, Dr. Shaddix, who we had on, kind of showed that uh, you're probably getting your better bang for your buck just running fucking urea. And- or AMS. Or AMS, yeah. yeah. I completely I'll tell you guys what. That. that man had me rethinking everything that I knew about everything after I watched Yeah, me that too. So, I mean, we run... Uh, okay. Let me, let me give you my perspective, and then I'm going to ask some questions. Okay? So first, my perspective is this, is that I, I'm not saying that I've tried every approach but um i I don't know this is uh somebody asked me this they asked me um last week i was on the road 
in Chicago, and I, I was uh, at a bar, and somebody says, "Hey, uh, what do you what do you do for a living?" And I said, "Well, I have a really expensive hobby that I use other people's money to realize my my oh, dreams." You too. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, in that vein, right? For the last, I don't know, um, twenty or so years, I have I have tried a variety of different approaches. Uh, and and failed at some, and and um, been more successful at other ones. And then I would say that the the more successful ones are uh, simple, right, and low cost. And you know, you kind of learn how to ebb and flow with things as far as weather patterns and different you know different lawns, things like that. So before I answer this question, I'm going to ask you for the answer. I'm not going to give the answer. I'm going to ask you for the answer. So my first question is uh, your rounds. Tell me about when your round three, round four, and round five Good well, occur, roughly on the calendar, between what dates and what dates. So round one, usually mid-February to end of March is where we'd like to be. Uh, this year we started early March, and we're still going, so it looks like we're, we'll probably be done first week of April. Um, and then we try <clears throat> to do six to eight week gaps in between. If that helps you out at all. So two okay. would be April to end of May. Yeah. Round, round three yeah. is usually the beginning of June. Is when okay. We're, and we're then three is going to be June to, uh, July June to July. Uh, four yep. is going to be August September. And then yeah. you have aeration overseed in there. Yep. Correct. Uh is that round five or is is that a completely separate gig in and of itself? It's round five. With our five. Usually Okay. Okay. Uh aiming to me, get round five starting around the middle of August. August fifteenth is when we're we're striving to get going with our round five. Okay, so you're kind of doing four and five simultaneously. I guess it. No. In, in so let's, let's, guess, no. <laughs> Go ahead, Michael. Let's let's back up here. So round round one, we're we're running prodiamine, running nitrogen, running uh, an eighteen oh three, prodiamine with our urea. Round two, we are dimension only, liquid dimension. That's all. No. End. Round two is dimension only. Round two. Dimension only. No end. Okay. I don't like your face. Um, <laughs> with with that one. Uh, yeah. yeah you just want, round, I just want to know when I can shit on Michael. I want to know when I can sign up for that program. <laughs> <laughs> I got to so, pay okay, extra well, for that? Let's, let's back up here then. So, All right. So should we, should we not? Not run nitrogen round two. Keep, no, no, no. Hang, hang, on, hang, going, on, hang going, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Keep, keep going. Keep going. Go, let's get through this first. Let's get through this first, and then, and then we'll pick this apart. Okay, round three, grub and low rates of nitrogen. Um, again, we're starting like end of May, early June. Um, round four this year. I don't think we've figured out what we're running, uh, sure. MPK wise. Um, but that'll be summer ending, probably ending August fifteenth. Uh, hopefully okay. starting our aeration and overseeding with our round five, August 15th, and then our pH adjustment uh, for round six this year. We're pulling soil tests for, for everybody. Uh, 
Caleb, when are you pulling soul test for everybody? Right now. Okay. Before okay. our brandy product goes down, we're doing it. We're doing it right now. Okay. Um, are you billing for that, or are you just including it in the cost of the program? It's included in the cost of the program. Okay. No problem. No problem. For all existing for all existing people, it's included. For anybody new, it's it's additional. Okay. Okay. It's yeah. So it's going to say, and and what I would do is I would I, I would use that as a winter time, right? Like December or just a January, especially for all new sales. As you get into aggressive grow mode and you do that, you like, look, that way it's something you can do in the fucking winter to bring money in, right? It's like, you, you know, bill them 35 bucks or whatever for a site visit and a fucking soil test or whatever. And, and then, and then what, what you do is, you know, that helps us, that gives us the data we need to determine the effectiveness that we had last year and plan and budget and everything that we need to know as turf grass professionals moving forward, right? And that's a simple way to phrase that. And it gives you, like Shattuck said, it gives you a starting point because up to this point, you haven't really had a starting point in these loans. It's a starting point. And then once you do that, you know, could you do it once every two, three years, whatever. And, and, and that's fine. And you can use that, but at least with new customers, you, you bake it in and you may not do it this season You develop a season under your belt first, but in January, especially when you need that fucking winter money, just to get some sort of cash flow coming in and you may use leverage that cash flow for whatever you want. And, uh, you may, you may leverage it for just, uh, EDDM mailers or, uh, 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 door hangers or whatever you want to do. You want to wrap a new truck, whatever the case may be, right? You've got a little bit of cash flow coming in, so you don't have to put it on a fucking 18% credit card or a, a, a 10% line of credit or however you want to do it, right? Maybe you can, you can, you can offset that cost with some cash, right? So anyway, just keep that in the back of your head. Um, uh, okay. Okay. D- Demay, keep, all right, back to you. I don't want to interrupt your train of thought. <laughs> You're fine. All right, so the uh, what I'm seeing here so far is what probably about a half a pound going out with your pre-emergent something like that, and then we got yep. low rate of end going out in round three with the grub control. What's a low rate? We're talking like three tenths of a pound, something like that. It's going ten zero zero is what we're mm-hmm. thinking about. So we have, we still have enough Tetrino to get us through the better part of the year. Okay. And then that fourth round comes in like late summer-ish. That's when that, that's your aeration overseed or that's your final fertilizer. No, no, yeah, so that round would be. Four would be coming in late or middle, middle July. Middle July is peak summer. Yeah. Middle of July. For that round four. Yes. And that round four Whoa. is going to typically be, what are we putting down? What's that? Yeah. That was our 15th. We were in talks, yeah, in talks this year, but 18.03. Um, less biosolids okay. in that, but that's what we're in talks with right now. At a, at a half three. pound in, something like the three pounds, a thousand. Less than that. I mean, I think we were, yeah. yeah Quarter-ish. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, here, here's my little question. How much nitrogen is going down between August through November? How much? Yeah, what do you apply? Because aeration and overseed, I'm assuming you're applying fertilizer at the same time. How, how much is going down then? Are you using an 18, 24, 12? What, what are you going out with typically at what rate? 
uh, I mean, we're 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 planning on um, this year. I mean, we haven't necessarily decided on a product, but we're probably going to be putting down around again like about a half pound of nitrogen in that round five um, when we're okay. back into your your no growing problem. season. Still, still not decided on what we're running, but that's just kind of the thoughts right now. A half pound. So, do you want to say you know where we're at in between there, and then about a three quarter of a pound between you know peak summer of of july august going into that round five so it's about a three quarter pound of nitrogen going down to end out the year what is what are you doing for a ph adjustment depends on what the, the tests come back with i mean okay okay so you're going to kind of make a judgment call there are you are you are, are yeah. you predominantly higher ph or low i would say oh man you're how oh, fuck with with st louis there predominantly high yep. usually high okay high okay. Okay, and oh god, man! I, oh boy, I'm going to fuck y'all's program up. Go ahead, Ray. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> no, here, here's what I'm thinking. Already, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a lot of nitrogen going down at times when that much nitrogen is basically unwise. And at the same time, I'm seeing not enough nitrogen when it's actually really needed. I mean, in other words, nitrogen in early spring, nitrogen in spring, nitrogen in summer. But what happens to the, what happened, how much nitrogen are we planning on doing? from september to november and, and, and ray and that, this is what i'm putting together i mean and this is me being gracious here i'm i'm at a pound and a half no more than two pounds total and uh and we'll call it one uh then, one in the but, fall one in the spring yeah but then and i'm, in I'm, actual I'm practice, being gracious with you guys by saying that and in actual practice if it were me, if I was magically teleported out of uh, my island prison and I were somewhere in the Midwest, I would be planning on putting down about a pound and a half of N between end of August through November and very little nitrogen from February to through August. I mean, that is why you have sprayed products like your prodiamine, your dithelpy, your dimension, and even your sprayable tetrino is that so that you don't need to have that married to nitrogen granules, right? That's why you have those products is so that you don't need to say, oh, God, I, I got to put down my grub control or my weed control, but it's coated on top of fertilizer i mean that's why you don't have that but the point is is that if you feed up the grass in the fall late summer and fall it'll store it and it'll store it inside of the grass and so when spring comes around the grass is ready to go then it's not a mad rush to boost the grass up in the spring because uh, 
that's like me going to bed without enough to eat. It's not pretty when that happens. <laughs> Let's just say that it ain't pretty. And the same thing is kind of happening to the grass right now where it's getting a lot of this nitrogen. You're trying to put it down in the spring and the, and the summer, but then when, it, when the main time comes, which is actually in the fall, that's kind of like I noticed we're kind of late on the fertilizer. And I will, I will yield, yield the floor back to, back to Ryan and, and Matt at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Demay, hearing this now, where are you going next? I, I need the consultant in you to, to tamper me down. <laughs> well, okay, so my, my next question has nothing to do with fertilizer is, what's the relative age of the lawns that you take care of? Mm, are they older, older, older lawns? Older? Like, you know, this guy right lawn, like lawns from the 70s, 80s, you know. That's why he gets to spend other people's money. <laughs> it's a good mix. It's a good fucking question. Yeah. Mostly, okay, I would mix. say okay. probably 60% or older. We got a, there's a, a bunch of new homes that are getting built that we're taking care of that their lawns are probably not more mm-hmm. than five years old. Um, okay. And I would in, say in, there's in, some that are very, very recent. New do you hang on to me. I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you for just one second and say, as you grow, do you foresee more growth in older lawns or newer lawns? Probably newer lawns. Newer. I would. I okay. Mean, go go ahead. Because that's where Ryan. the money is. And yep. Okay. Do you take care of older lawns? And I'm going to say older. My delineation there would be ten years or more. Um, do you take care of older lawns differently than you do new lawns? Yes or no? No. <laughs> it de- it depends, but normally no. Okay. So only if somebody so were to add something on or somebody were to like bitch and complain about something and say, oh, I really wish this would be better. And then you guys can offer an add-on or an upsell, right? Like that's the, is that the qualifier to your statement? So, well, I mean, I guess, I guess there needs to be a little more context in there with yeah. Like, are we talking about a newly sodded yard? Are we talking about a newly seeded yard? Are we talking about one that we just popped up on and they're like, ah, oh, some dipshit sodded this three years ago and here's where we are? I'm going to say any of the above. Anything that's less than five years old, are you taking care anything of those that, any differently? Yeah. Anything that's been so on I'm, the ground less than five years, that's a good marker. Okay. No. The answer, the, the, the easy answer to that is no. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, and the reason why I know Ryan is asking this is because older lawns tend to need and want less nitrogen and less of everything as time goes on, especially less spring fertilization. They don't need a lot of that. No. Okay. So I guess here, here's my thing is I think is if that is the growth vehicle, right. For you guys that you need to one differentiate yourself by saying, Hey, we know how to manage new construction or new newly built lawns, right? That is a differentiator that you should do. And to do Mm -hmm. it with four or five apps is going to be tough. I think generally speaking, (laughs) right. There's going to be more issues to deal with uh, less in the soil that you're going to have to work with, right? And I think the good thing is 
you're about to do a deep dive data analysis. So when you take all these soil samples and you run all these, how are you going to uh, process that data, right? Is it going to come back as just 300 individual soil reports and you're going to have to sort through all the pages and I'm, you know, you got that little like, uh, what is that, that waxy substance the librarians use to thumb through papers? Are you going to have that? Or are you going to get this yep. all in one big old nasty spreadsheet that you can sort through and say, okay, hey, all right, we're going to sort these all out of O for old lawns and N for new lawns. And then we're going to run some statistical analysis to see, okay, hey, what's the mean, median, and mode of our P and our K in an old lawn versus a new lawn? Or what is our pH of an old lawn versus a new lawn? Mean, median, mode. Then you can start to then build out from that data set a good idea of, okay, hey, here are the differences and the similarities, right? Here's where we can cross over and maybe round three is the same for everybody, but round four, round five, round six become drastically different, right? Because of whatever, right? Um, that's where I think you need to go. And the only reason I say that I'll, I'll, I'll share this link. Uh, yeah, this is a good one here. Uh, this is a little bit, uh, it's more of a magazine article, uh, summarizing a research article, which is also linked here. J pink. Give me one moment. There we go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Listen, I'm a little slow today. It was a long ass day today, a long day. A good one, too. All right, so this is Kevin Frank. Kevin is a uh, PhD at Michigan State. He's been there quite a while, and he's taken over a project that has been going on for literally 20-plus years. This article is from 2018. I believe this uh, study is still going on. And the idea here is that they have lysimeters, which are underground chambers where they capture leachate water that comes through the entire turf system after it's been used up, and they try to determine nitrogen fate. And what they're doing here is looking at it in old versus new lawns. So again, they uh, have a low rate and a high rate of nitrogen. And what they're finding is, is that on the, as the lawn gets older, that high rate of nitrogen, actually more is leaching out year over year, right? So then what you'll see here, the difference between uh, 2003 and 2004, they realize this, they see these high numbers, 98 on through 2003, and they're like, whoa, our high rate... Um, has got to be, it should be lower, right? So they lowered down their high rate uh, in this experiment here, and then they saw, you know, a marked difference, right, in the amount of leachate that was coming through low versus high. So the the uh, the point here, and I'd ask you to read the article and, and follow along at some point, but that 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 ten year mark really does make a difference, right, in terms of the point of delineation uh, where you can really start to ease back on fertilizer and cut your rates. You know, as much as I'd say 40% off of, you know, a recommended rate. I think the other thing, too, that comes into question here is, you know, cultivars and things like that. Um, I, I think this is another chance for you to set yourself apart on your aeration and overseed program. I know what's cheapest is, you know, what's going to sell, but uh, the, the most expensive supply you'll ever buy in turf grass is cheap seed, right? So if you can take that to heart, and say, okay, hey, listen, we, our aeration overseed is more expensive, but we're only using the best varieties they're going to use, less fertilizer, less water, have a better, you know, darker green color, whatever the case might be, all the above, who knows, right? Use that as a competitive advantage, especially if you're trying to grow in high net worth clientele, right? You know, those have got to be your differentiators. Those are going to be the things I think that sell. Um, so back to the nitrogen thing. 
I would say that in the newer homes, especially, you know, from what I'm seeing here, I think, you know, you've got to backload your nitrogen applications a little bit. Um, you know, I'd be interested to see what the pH comes back and what you can adjust with. And even if it's, you know, switching over to, it, let's just say it's high pH, right? And it, you're on an all ammonium sulfate program or um, potentially, Matt, are you ready for this? Yeah, let's hear it. You want to know my secret weapon for these guys? We we thought they're high pH, right? I had to walk. I had to step away for a second. We, we thought mm -hmm. high pH, right? Mesa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, all right. I'm gonna is... I'm gonna butt plug everything. <laughs> Spark plugs? No, butt plug. Uh, yeah. butt plug. Yeah. Okay. Let's just say that uh, that Mesa is actually. One of my favorites. Which is a great if, product, by the way. No, Mesa is one of my favorites. For example, if I need to guarantee nitrogen response on grass that actually needs it for longer than 30, 30 days, Mesa is my favorite. I'll, I'll give it that. And the, you know, of course, I'm thinking in terms of does the grass actually need it? And that's why I loved Ryan's question about how old are these lawns actually? Because I understand, for example, the need to feed a recently seeded lawn. I get it. Okay. I, I understand that need. And, and like the first, I want to say five years, you've basically got to develop a nutrient base for that seeded lawn so that from then on out, you're not constantly chasing. But if it's an older lawn that has had the organic matter reserves built up, the nitrogen reserves built up, then, you know, then it's a, a, an opportunity to really rethink what you're applying because do you know what else is a profit killer for a business call back on product no <laughs> applying stuff that is either not going to make a positive difference in that lawn or doing things that are actually going to set you up for fun in the form of Mephinoxin and Fossil L becoming part of your regular program because I don't know if I told you this when I last met you, uh, Michael, but I have a favorite saying that I repurposed because this is something that's been pounded into the heads of landscape and turf grass managers, especially here in Hawaii. They pound into our heads IPM. The definition that gets pounded into our heads is basically no pesticides, organic, and low input. I turn that around, and IPM means to me I pay materials. Okay? So knowing that I pay materials. I become very thoughtful 
and mindful of everything that is applied to a turf grass area. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready for a butt plug? Um, because I, I brought, I brought the cork. Hang on. I'm going to pull it out of here <laughs> and bend over. Um, so this, this is what I would recommend based on what I'm looking at in your program. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to rewrite this on the fly right now. Uh, I'm sure you, you've already bought materials for round one, right? So it is what it is. Uh, but now you have the flexibility to go to Helena and Nutrien and uh, and then and then really leverage a bargaining bargaining chip with something that you can get for for cheap, right? There is no reason, in my opinion, if you think the overwhelming majority of your lawns are going to be a high pH of running anything other than ammonium sulfate as your end source. And what that gives you the flexibility to do is that round six pH adjustment application is just running more fucking ammonium sulfate to boost up <laughs> your, your fucking fall fertilizer uh, program, right? And so since we want to let it run a little bit lean in the, uh, in the uh, July, August timeframe, or, or we could even let it run, in, in my opinion, actually where I would let it run lean would be round three with your grub application. And then late summer, mm. even though it sounds counterintuitive that you're in the hotter part of the month, I would do it then because uh, in the event you do start getting rain, you've got nitrogen on the ground for when you start entering those cooler temperatures, right? So you're, you're playing just a little bit ahead of the game. So I'll be interested to see when you get your, your soil test results back what your, your K levels are. And if I recall correctly, if I recall correctly, they are actually pretty decent in your area. Uh, those are the, uh, uh, and, and that's, that's just me going off memory. I don't, I don't know a hundred percent off the top of my head, but especially in this year where it's going to be critical to, uh, it, it, to, to maximize your, your revenue per property. What I would do is round one, I would spread ammonium sulfate and I would spread and I would spray prodiamine. You, you're already past that point. It is what it is. Round two stop doing the prodiamine followed by dimension. If it's a brand new property you've never treated before and you want to do a single high rate application of dimension, then fine, fine. Or you can sell it as, look, this is my first time on your property. We're getting a late start on it. You got to understand you're going to have some weeds this year and it is the way it is. Uh, however you want to handle that is totally your choice. You can either run a high rate of, of, uh, of dimension round two for your new clients only. Or, and on your, your existing clients, prodiamine followed by prodiamine. Stop split. doing the split uh, uh, different AIs. Um, it is inherently doing it nothing for you. Uh, and e even though it is the same class of herbicide, those two applied uh, 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 in, in conjunction with one another are not providing any additional duration or longevity or benefit um, then, then, uh, just applying prodiamine followed by prodiamine. Stop doing that for your existing customers. Save dimension for a new client only, or just spray your second half rate of prodiamine on your new customer and tell them that you're going to be a little bit weedy this year and you're going to have to fucking suck it up, cowboy. Um, there's going to be your two options there, but round two, I would apply fertilizer and I, and I will tell you why this is my reasoning. Why is round one. You want to get it out earlier, early. Ed Warren, no to Cytogrow. I've sprayed metric shit tons of it. I've wasted more fucking money spraying Cytogrow. And when I see that, I get triggered because I think about 
how much money I wasted spraying cider grow. No, there's better options scam. out there. Don't don't it's do a it. Sca- um, it's a scam. Yeah, Focus uh, on NPK. <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Um, <laughs> when I say there's better options out there, it's like urea is your is your better option. Um, EMS. <laughs> uh, so w- round one, and, and this is going to be future playing here. Ammonium sulfate. 2100. And if you skip a year of applying potassium, I swear to God, you may, may have one lawn that you're like, what the fuck is going on? And maybe it needs potassium, but chances are 100% of your lawns, you're not going to notice a fucking difference. And that's just me flat out being, telling you the God honest truth. Skip it, skip potassium for a year and just watch what happens. And if it, and if it works out great for you, you'd be like, oh, holy shit. It was not a big deal. Matt, I've had to do it before, especially in a year where I've got to make money. I've done it before with no ill effects whatsoever. Zero. Okay. Go ahead, Ray. I, I got to cut it. I kind of have to have a, a pause or a caveat to all of this is that I would have no compunctions or hesitations about running a mostly AMS program on lawns as long as not a single goddamn motherfucking grass clipping is taken off of those lawns. If any of your customers, use like walker mowers or their lawn service uses walker mowers or similar equipment, then you get into nutrient depletion. But if your customers are of the type that I'm familiar with, where they understand the detriment of picking up every fucking grass clipping, then you are fine to use mostly AMS, maybe even some Mesa if you're feeling frisky and just supplying mostly nitrogen because you see... And collecting your clippings becomes part of your literature. Do not, even if they they run a fucking walker, run the blocker in there. Do not let these motherfuckers pick up clippings at all. And they're going to be like, what? That's crazy. No, it's not crazy. Do not let them pick up clippings. Because by the the way... Mowing companies will thank you. Thank you. Be like, oh. Because by the way, guys... Guess why I run into so many severely deficient lawns here in Hawaii. Guess why? It is because. Yes, sir, Tanner. In fact, obsessively. In fact, I just terminated and told somebody that gave me a problem about grass clippings to. Okay. Because. Here's the person that questions me about every brown spot or sick plant in their landscape, but they also have an issue where I don't want to see grass clippings. You know what? You have a real lawn, so you're going to see grass clippings. But the point is, is that as long as that's not happening, you are relatively safe to leave out phosphorus and leave out potassium. And that'll save you money. You hear that, Actually, Sheila? Guys. You hear that, Sheila? There's going to be some pubes in the toilet seat. Don't be alarmed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so round one, uh, uh, ammonium sulfate and prodiamine. Round two, ammonium sulfate and prodiamine. So what's critical about it on round one, and why I agree with you there, is that you got to remember you got other lawn care companies that are going to be ni- getting nitrogen down early. And when you get those, you know, we had we had summer start. I, I, I assume you're close enough to St. Louis that you probably had summer start a week or two ago. And then it turned into winter again, you know, where we hit 82, 83 the other day. And then, uh, and then, you know, we got down to 22 the other night. And then today we were like 67 degrees and it was great. Everything was fine. Perfect. Dandy. 
and you know spring is back on schedule and it's going to get cold again of course and then it's going to get hot as fuck again and then cold one one more time and then you know cruising time from that point forward but on those on those times where you do get a week where you hit 70 degrees for 30 days if you don't have any in down you know chances are it's it's you're going to be a little bit behind the eight ball you're going to have some carryover from the previous year it's going to perk you up but you've got true green down the road that's already put down a pound and a half of fucking nitrogen in January, January 7th, and that's just rocking, ready to go, right? And that shit is going to explode out of the ground. And then you're behind the eight ball. So going ahead and getting a little bit down. You've got some carryover from the year before, so no big deal. You don't have carryover from the year before right now, so it's even more imperative to do that, right? So you did good there. That's great. That's perfect. Round two, in my opinion, drop the fucking dimension and go with a second split app of your prodiamine. If you did a full rate on your first app, then no problem. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, if you didn't, if you only did a half rate and you're going to do a half rate of dimension, then go ahead and run your second half rate of prodiamine here and a little bit more ammonium sulfate, two, three pounds, a thousand, nothing fancy. And, um, and just, just juice you a little bit long. Now you move into round three, you have an expensive fucking application running to Trino, right? Do not apply fertilizer. You're going to have enough carryover from, from your April-May application, and you're going to be running into the initial surge of disease season, right? This is when all hell starts breaking loose and the shit starts hitting the fan. And that is going to allow you the flexibility of being on the declining end of what you have available as far as in. And so that way you don't have to sweat your balls off about just being super goosed up and charged, rocking and rolling with the luscious of green gas and grass and, and letting it begin to wane just a hair. Then your budget is more concentrated on your Tetrino and is not split between Tetrino plus fertilizer on top of it, right? It softens the, the, the book a little bit. And you, you just don't have to sweat it so much. If somebody calls and complains about color, then it's not such a big deal for you to get out there and go spray a little bit of iron on that lawn or go out and go apply and spray a quarter pound in on that lawn and just be good with it or whatever, or a tenth of a pound of in and just be good with it. You don't even have to fucking worry about it. But chances are you're probably not going to see any difference from, from that point moving forward anyway. What are we going to say, right? Okay. This is where... You know, again, focus on getting your pre-emergent right. And Matt, I got to agree with you in that. Guess when the time is that I ever break out dimension rather rather than prodiamine. Guess what's the the only time is that I I break that out? When When you sign up a new lawn in April. When I actually see crabgrass and I'm honestly too late for split at prodiamine, then I break out that high rate dimension with the intention that I'm using that dimension as a pre as a post-emergent, not a pre-emergent. Only then, otherwise, I count on prodiamine as my pre-emergent because guess what? Prodiamine is cheap. In- dimension is not. And to, and, to, and to quell your fears, qualm your fears, you know, we, we, we had, uh, uh, it, it, it was funny, University of Tennessee put out just the other day that we had, uh, this was last week, that we had crabgrass germination in the 2-3 tiller stage. And that's, that's your sweet spot for dimension when you see that. But we had a week this week where we got down to 22. Guess what? That crabgrass is gone. So if you're still running split at prodiamine, no problem. You're gravy, baby. <laughs> No worries. So then moving into round three, you soften your 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 budget by just running your Tetrino. 
Then as you move into round four and you're trying to figure out what to run, the cheapest thing you can run is straight ammonium sulfate or straight urea. Pick your poison. Since you're concerned about pH, then there you go. And, and that way, it gives you a little bit of in on the ground for August when you start moving into cooler temperatures, right? And you've got aeration and overseed. If you want to apply a little bit of phosphorus here, I'm not, I'm not going to fault you for it because it is what it is. You got new seed going down and you want to baby it as much as possible. No problem. You move into Take round six. Yeah. This is, <laughs> fucking apply ammonium sulfate. You need a pH adjustment. There you go. It's built in. You've run it with all your previous applications. You've got a compounding effect there. Sulfur isn't really going to do much for you till the next summer anyway. And so uh, dollar for dollar, what's going to give you your biggest bang for your buck? Just go ahead and spread ammonium sulfate. And you want to leverage the weight of your fertilizer on the ass end of the year. So that way you can run a little bit lighter in the spring. And that's going to set you up for an even better summer. And that, that's just the fact of the matter. That's what research shows us. <laughs> And, uh, and that's why, why Demay was, was, was asking you, you know, where, or, and, uh, Ray were asking, you know, where is it, where is it partitioned off from the start of the year? Go ahead and put down three quarters of a pound with round six and then be fucking done with it. It's going down on new seed, right? It's going to love the additional in there. You're going to get enough carryover to take you into the spring. And so you're fucking golden. You've got pH adjustment. You've got in going down and it's saving you a metric fuck ton of money versus most other things that you're going to be applying in that scenario. Let me, let me just to put that into perspective for you, what Matt just said, the saving money part based on, you know, uh, what I would consider to be hell in a tight prices, right? Uh, your, your cost per thousand on a, on a pound of N with ammonium sulfate is probably around $2, maybe $2 and 25 cents a thousand for every pound of nitrogen you put out. Oh, I think that's high. It's not, exp- yeah, that's, 20, that's a yeah, bit high. About 20 bucks a bag then, right now. It's about Through hell and a bag. Yeah. Okay. And, but then here's can, the thing about I might, I might ammonium I sulfate. Have a lot cheaper there. Here's the, the thing about ammonium sulfate is that this is something that's been proven anecdotally, and this is also something that Travis Shaddix uh, touched on as well, in that if you are in a region where the grass tends to be sulfur deficient, then that EMS, dollar for dollar, gets you the greenest grass versus monkeying around with all of this fancy hype latest and greatest stuff i mean good old ams will probably get you greener grass versus the people that are trying to make slow release urea get the grass green i mean because if i were to put side by side a lawn getting slow release urea versus getting an appropriate amount of ams the side that is getting AMS is going to be greener than the side that's getting slow-release urea. I mean, use that to your advantage as well, where you're the professional, and rather than falling for all the buy-my-shit, you're actually applying what's actually going to make the biggest difference on these lawns. Because I understand where people 
you know, in the business, they say, oh, you know, SCU, PSCU, you know, whatever. They're all like, oh, goody, you know. However, the research has shown that at the end of the day, all of these fertilizers, the only difference between AMS and a slow-release fertilizer is how much those things hit you in the bank account. That's the only yeah, difference. Yeah, that was the part that we didn't get to talk about that really would have blown your mind with Dr. Shaddix. Was, that was his most recent paper up until the, uh, the nutrient survey was that you know they compared slow-release to ammonium sulfate and urea and really was no comparison right in terms of time and response and all that kind of stuff so i you know and here's the thing here's here's the thing if somebody complains and says hey my lawn's not green enough it's not growing or you roll up on a lawn you're like yeah you know what this isn't green this isn't growing you know for basically let's just call it a half pound shot a dollar a thousand you go out there and you juice Mm -hmm. it man i mean that's that's about as cheap as a callback as you're ever going to get you know and it's a simple fix. The only thing, gentlemen, and then I want to make sure we save some time because we filled these guys' brains with a whole lot of information. I want to make sure they have time. <laughs> My only other question is any any concern, and I've I've never really had an issue personally, um, but I'm I'm only one man uh, of putting ammonium sulfate out there on an unirrigated lawn and letting it sit for I don't know five, seven, nine days, no rain. Oh, I, I, I have, I have done that lots. Good. Okay. And here's the only (laughs) caveat to slinging AMS. The only caveat to that is when you, at the time that you spread those granules, your grass must be absolutely bone dry, no dew, no rain, no irrigation on it. If it is not going to be watered in ASAFP, if you throw ammonium sulfate on already damp or wet grass, it gets watered in ASAFP or else it will burn the shit out of that lawn and you're going to hear about it. The the only time I've had that happen would be in peak summer over a half pound in. Uh, Peak summer over a half pound in, I've, I've gotten a little crispy with it before. Uh, getting out there, you know, at the ass crack of dawn or right after an irrigation has run. But if you're, if you're in June, July and you're running, you know, two pounds, a thousand, that's going to be 0.4 pounds. Chances are, you're not going to run into an issue. And then it, it round six where you're actually like cool outside and doing it. You, you're probably not going to run into it to, uh, an, an issue. Um, we just, we don't have the fucking hot sauce that, uh, Ray's got real deal hot sauce. And I'll say this, like when I was in Augusta, Georgia, I could fuck shit up a hell of a lot easier than I can here in Knoxville. And, uh, and you know, Knoxville is just going to be a t- just a, a hair, ass hair warmer than, than where you are. So um, I think well, you're going to be only a little bit hot. better there. You know, it's also in, you know, it's also in Michael and Tanner's favor, too. What's that? They, they're, not, they're not messing around with low-cut grass. This, that is because a you, huge fucking point, too. Yeah. Yeah, because you see, you want to talk about fertilizer burn. I still remember when I did a granule application 
on about an acre of, I think it was seashore pespellum, and it was literally mowed at a quarter of an inch. And unbeknownst to me, that irrigation system sucked. And so everywhere where not enough water went down, big dead spots opened up. It was horrifying. That was all fertilizer burn, by the way. That was all fruit, that was all fruit burn. And so thereafter, that lawn was on liquid only because I knew the irrigation system was just hideous. <laughs> and that, that, that leads me to my next point about how as long as you know your conditions, you're pretty safe to throw down a third of a pound of AMS, maybe up to a half a pound of AMS at a time, you know, leading into the warm part of the year. You're good with that. That's perfectly fine. And then, of course, come end of summer, as Matt says, start throwing it down half pound or three quarter pounds of N at a time on your AMS. But that's in the fall. Throw down AMS in the fall. Okay? I mean, see if that makes it, a difference. It will, because you see, it, will fuck, it will fuck your head up. Come next spring, if yep. you if you run that this fall, I, I shit you not, I legitimately <laughs> this this another guy out of Indianapolis and 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 uh, I'll say his name Jeff Jones is a phenomenal friend of mine, great great friend of mine. When we when we first met, and Jeff Jones is is a fucking nut. There are few people that I meet that are as crazy as I am. Jeff Jones is one of them. Except he has like a really good heart, and I have a really black heart. Uh, and, and, and Jeff Jones is like a legitimate good guy. He's just, he, he's fucking not scared of anything. And it's amazing. And, um, anyway, the first time I met him, he came to Knoxville and, uh, I didn't, I didn't think anything about it. This is, this is when I had started transitioning over to running just ammonium sulfate in the fall and, uh, and, and come spring. And we, we had one of those springs where we had a week where, uh, I think we, on February the 11th, we hit 86 degrees and then it was like 82 and then it was like 76 and then it got back down into the fifties. And when he got here, it was like 47 degrees or something. He's like, man, I just want to ride around with you and see how you treat lawns. Right. And that's the kind of guy he is. He wants to fucking learn and figure that shit out. And we're going around and we look at these lawns and he is like, what in the Holy mother of Christ did you put on the grass? He's like, I've, I've <laughs> like, I've been treating grass. Yeah, I've got three degrees from Purdue University, I've, and I've I've never seen grass this green before. And I was like, I just put ammonium sulfate down in the fall, and I'm showing up for round ones doing these right. And it's this is like the end of February, and I'm showing up for round one. He's like, in the years of treating grass, I've never seen grass this green before, and and it's not it's not anything I did. It, it was that was purely just running ammonium sulfate in the fall and having a little a, a streak of warm weather there, and and being able to catch up and capitalize on all of it, right? And, uh, and it, it made me look like the hero, but, but really, I just didn't do jack shit. I'm just fucking around and finding out and see what ends up happening. We've talked about it before, that slight color variance you get out of ammonium sulfate. And if anybody wants to call me bullshit on that, that's fine. But I challenge you to test it yourself and see what what your your results are, especially especially in a high pH area. And it was funny. It's funny is that Jeff Jones started doing it there and he was like, this is gold. I've, I've never seen anything like this before. It's incredible. Uh, so point being is that, that, that shifting the balance of your fertilizer applied to the fall, especially in the form of ammonium sulfate, especially given your soil conditions, 
Mine are a little bit more difficult because I, I, I do have to lime here. Not all, not all properties, but some of them I did have to lime. And so sometimes I would catch myself in a, in a, in a situation that was not good from doing that. Right. So I don't want to make it sound like it was all, all gangsters and roses here. It wasn't. Uh, so, but at least the ones he got to ride along that day, it did work out for its best. The other thing too, is that Ryan talked about old properties versus new properties. And this is something that you can look at. The beautiful thing about it is that carrying only one skew on your truck, all you have to do is dial back your spreader. And that is something that's easy to, to, to bring the scale to, because you can mark your properties as O or N. And if it's an O property, we're going to dial our spreader back three points. Right. So instead of running it at 18, we're going to move it back to 15. Right. And that's an easy thing that you can replicate across all your texts. And, and what's hilarious about this is that how many times I have been like, I can't get this damn yard to respond. I'm going to run this bitch on L for lush. No, fuck it. I'm going to go Z for, for the, the Russian invasion of the amount of ammonium <laughs> sulfate I'm going to put on this yard. And it just it didn't it 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 just wouldn't get any greener because it was already at peak fucking green, right? Because it's an older property and I, I'm scratching my head on it, kind of sort of deal. So anyway, do y'all have questions? I've got this written down and J Pink just share with me your email addresses and I'm I'm gonna be sending it over to you so you at least have that as well too. Cool. Um yeah, I definitely <laughs> <have a> <laughs> I guess uh, I'll start off with um my own brainwashing of being told that in round two, I mean, you know, your crabgrass is starting to germinate at 55 degrees in your ground temperature. So usually in that round two area, we're past that soil temperature of 55 degree point. Stop running for diamine, start running dimensions. So that way, because it's pointless to run for diamine in the war, um, even though we put that down to, like in that first round. So I guess explain to me the logic on, on that. Because you already put down prodiamine and prodiamine is a pre-emergent. So you got it down before the emergence of crabgrass. And it, it, regardless of what rate you put it down, and I'm going to say you put down, we'll say a half pound of, of product per thousand square feet. And that's going to work out to, uh, uh, what is that? Point, uh, 0.37 uh, pounds of AI. You're going to get a minimum of three months out of that application. So for three months from the time of the application, say you put it down in February, you've got April, I'm sorry, March, April, May, and it's going to cover you. And that's in the the worst case scenario. Chances are it's probably going to end up extending a little bit longer than that, right? And then you're going to be getting out there for your second application already, right? Because the ones you did February 1st, you're probably going to be doing closer to April 1st anyway. So uh, that then you're putting down your second application. So you already covered for three months. Now you got an additional three months. Well, the way they compound is that you're probably not going to get just an additional three months out of that. You're probably going to be closer to like seven months out of it, right? So you've so already got down your yeah. pre-emergent. You've already got it down. Yeah. So there's no reason for you to worry about hitting 55 degrees if you've already got it down because fuck all, you're protected. You you laid down your insurance policy, so fuck 55 degrees. It is no longer anything that should be in your brain at all. Temperatures do not fucking matter anymore. It's just you get out there and you get your round two down to hurry up and collect the fucking payment on it. And you just happen to be putting down an additional round of prodiamine and a little bit more fertilizer to make sure your shit is fucking peaked so the neighbors are all calling you to look like those fucking lawns too. 
I mean, that's understood. because just just remember the worst words or worst situation for for diamine is being late. And it sounds like you guys are not late. So that's nothing for you to worry about. Because remember, only time you start spraying dimension is if you are late, that lawn didn't get its prodiamine in February, and you're seeing two-leaf crabgrass in that lawn, then you hammer it with prodiamine to salvage that lawn and keeping it from turning into a disaster. But otherwise, if everything's on program, stop using prodiamine because that stuff is just epically expensive. I mean, stop using dimension. Stop. I will stop make it, a... Know? A hundred dollar bet with you right now that if you ran split apps of prodiamine, you will see less crabgrass than you will if you do prodiamine followed by dimension. Because here's the thing about dimension. Dimension is at best a two months pre-emergent. At best. I almost said five hundred dollars. Like, ah, I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> no, there's a there's a use case for Dimension in that if you absolutely totally know you have to oversee the lawn, then you think hard about doing that two app split of prodiamine because the carryover from prodiamine can be a lot. I mean, prodiamine is a wonderful product, and you know why I think it's wonderful? That sucker lasts. Whereas dimension, dimension is here and gone. No matter how you split it up, no matter, because even that insane heroic dose that you apply as your rescue app in spring, at best that lasts about, I want to say 60 to 75 days at best. And then it's gone. And then it's gone. But then, if you were to, like, I, like Matt was saying, do prodiamine February and then prodiamine again in March or April, that will literally take you through summer with adequate protection against crabgrass, foxtail. Uh, do you all get goosegrass? You get yeah. goosegrass? Mm -hmm. Ooh. Even okay, better yeah, to do split apps of prodiamine. No. And if you if you guys are faced with goosegrass, let me let you in on on something about dimension. Dimension does not do shit for goosegrass. It doesn't Luckily, last you have long enough though, for it. So you don't even have to worry about. Yeah, it. but then but then Pilex is more money, and after all, uh, Michael and Tanner are bound by IPM. This is right. Anytime they have, anytime they have to do these rescue applications. It's profit lost. So if you're talking about having any kind of goosegrass pressure, anybody that tells me they have goosegrass pressure in any shape or form, I highly recommend a spring split of prodiamine. You know, that will alleviate a lot of the problem. Stop using dimension. Seriously. Stop using dimension because dimension has left me and a lot of other people horribly disappointed okay it, it has been left us horribly disappointed <laughs> next question yeah. 
Michael, you got some? I just come on here and wing it, dude. I don't know what. I don't even know where I'm at right now, so it's okay. <laughs> You're fine. My, 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 my mind is literally blown from all of this, so I'm just still trying to <laughs> yeah, process like, it all from the... I, okay, I so am in... in uh, go ahead. You, you, you talk to me. I was going to break it down. Here's, I jumped in late, and I apologize for being late, but here's, here's what I heard. I heard uh, that, one, establishing new vendor relationships should be a, a strategic goal in 2023. Even if you're not Correct. buying in volume from them, establishing that right as a basis point and letting them know who you are, what you do. And yeah, like Matt said, you know, puff your chest out a little bit, you know, bow your back out and let them know who you are. That's number one. Number two is that, um, I think we talked about this before, Michael, is that, you know, you want to be able to go into these people and say, not what do you have, but here's what I need, right? Here's what I want. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what you want to be able to do in that level of confidence. So I would say to that end, right, if I gave you, uh, you know, the, the menu at like the Cheesecake Factory where there's like 9,000 things to pick from, right? You're going to be like, fuck, man, I don't know. I mean, I could like eat like six of everything on here. I don't know what I want. Versus if I gave you a member <laughs> uh, where it was literally, you're going to have a hamburger or you can have a cheeseburger. You get to pick. That's where you need to go to get to that point, right? Manage and, and measure what you can do with just the basics because the basics will take you 80% of the way there, right? And, yeah. and with very simple work, like what Matt was saying about, you know, just the, the, the simple hack, quote unquote, of, hey, we're going to dial it back on these old lawns, you know, a couple of spreader settings, whatever. Right. So yeah. I would I would challenge you to do that this year. And again, the only thing that you're out. Right. If some, if something hits the fan, if somebody's like, oh, my God, like my lawn doesn't look as good. A dollar, a thousand, a dollar, a thousand to be like, you know what? We'll come out there. We'll throw some more ammonium sulfate down. And you'll be good as new because it works like it's almost impossible for it to not work. Right. So that all being said, I think trying something simple. Right. And building on that, knowing that it's not going to be an overnight success. And I don't think either of you want that. I think either both of you guys realize that this is a, you know, a brick by brick type of thing. But you got to do it the hard way uh, to get the results and to sustain those results and that nothing good comes quickly. So. That's what I would challenge you to do strategically from a product standpoint is know what you want. And you're going to get pushback. Like, you're absolutely going to have people that are like, man, you're fucking stupid, man. Modium sulfate? Yeah. Like, yep. Are you crazy? Yeah. Well, what, are you crazy? Yeah. Why, why, do you want to, why do you want to buy that? From the and, distributors. Yeah, I, the distributors will yeah, shit yeah. on you for it. Go ahead, Demay. However. I didn't, I didn't. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. However, this is power is when. And in fact, you know, my, my vendors, they're just mildly afraid when they see me walk in. They're just mildly and afraid. And they should be. <laughs> yeah, because you see, they cannot sell me Cytogrow or, uh, you know, poultry litter infused fertilizer. It's like, no, man, uh, I, I need my, uh, you know, 250 pounds of AMS and some, uh, chelated iron and i i need my uh, prodiamine and i need my fungicides you know simple and they're like 
Yeah, they, because in other words, they cannot play the oh, buy my shit game and oh, this bag of granules has this in it or this bag of granules has that in it. It's like, no, it's all over. All I need is pure AMS, okay? That's all I need right now is pure AMS and I'll forget about all of the fancy coded this, uh, you know, organic matter infused that. It's like not needed. And if I'm going to add P and K, I have a way to add that too. Because by the way, uh, Michael and Tanner, should you ever run into lawns where, in fact, you need to jump up your P and your K fast? Do you guys know how to do that? Hit me. Okay, here's what you do with the, the lawns that absolutely are starving for P and K. In the fall, instead of hitting them with straight AMS, go track down some 16, 16, 16, or 15, 15, 15, or 19, 19, 19. And throw that down to equal three quarters of a pound or a pound of N from that. Simple. Okay? Never mind all of these boutique formulations because at least where, where I'm at, it is well known that it, if a lawn is deficient, you stop screwing around with lawn fertilizers and you go straight to the one 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 okay because normally one 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 is prescribed as the pre-plant fertilizer for field crops that's where, where it's normally used but if a lawn is in desperate need of p and k let me tell you that bag of one 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 will do a lot more for that lawn at a very economical price. And <laughs> okay. and considering Helena and Nutrien are ag-centric companies, guess who's going to have that laying around in the back of the fucking barn somewhere? And you may not need a whole pallet. Yep. You may need 10 bags. They probably got 10 ripped bags that they'll cut you a deal on, and they'll be like, look, if you get it out of my fucking warehouse, I'll sell it to you for 50 bucks. Just get it out of here. They're like, sweet. Don't yeah, mind if, you, if I do. See ya. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, a, a torn bag or whatever. Oops, my forklift caught it. I mean, hey, they'll they will give it to you for half off or whatever. And by the way, because of the brainwashing at places like Site One, yes, they'll have a conniption if you ask them for one one one. They're thinking, oh, you got to do all of this fancy nitrogen to to phosphorus ratios and all that bullshit. One one one. Keep it simple. Demay, Demay, what other words of warning do you have? Because that was a good one. That one got me fired up. That's why I, I got almost I almost got into a fight with a guy at the fifty yard line because I didn't I didn't buy from him. Anyway, go ahead, Demay. <laughs> just you know, uh, is well that is just that is be prepared to encounter pushback. But mm -hmm. I think if you lean on the pushback as your differentiators, right? Mm -hmm. We're different because we know what we want. We're different because we keep things simple because basic agronomy, 
doesn't matter what I, I say this. I haven't said this in a while, but I've said this on this program before is that there's good grass on six continents. There's not XCU in every part of all those continents where nope. there's good grass, right? Or there's nope. not <laughs> methylene urea, right? Is the point is, is that basic agronomy is not undefeated, but it's got a pretty good win and loss record, right? So go with the historical numbers there and work that to your advantage. And I think that, um, you know, the other things that you can push, right, with the new homeowners that have problems that come to you and say, oh, man, I, you know, I just bought this new house or, you know, just moved into this place that's fairly new and uh, it's, you know, it's a salad bar, it's this, it's that, is take the time to educate them and show them the way of, you know, why, you know, why you use, you know, better and improved genetics with your grasses when you overseed and do aeration and things like that. You know, talk about your fertilizer program and, hey, we're trying to deal with, you know, the issues that we know exist in the soils. And, you know, the reason that we know that they exist is because that we soil test every single new customer that comes into our program because we want to understand and meet them where they are and deal with their challenges as individually as we possibly can, right? All that stuff sells. And if it's something that, you know, people give you pushback, those aren't your people or that's not your sales rep or that's not your company to buy from or whatever, right? So, Use that as a qualifier. Use that as a litmus test. Find your ideal clients. Work with only those people, and everything will take care of itself from there. Got it. Cool. Okay, <laughs> I shared with y'all the uh, what the, the notes I took during our our here, including the uh, potential suppliers. Uh, J Pink has texted you uh, an ammonium sulfate trader that I know. Um, and, uh, and you are more than welcome to call him. Uh, this guy's bulk volume only. Uh, so if you call him with, with pallets, that's fine. And if anybody else gets this number and calls him with bags, he will laugh you out of the room. So do not call him and ask for two or three bags, but I don't think anybody else has this other than you two guys. So, uh, but, but even, you know, Ray, uh, well, obviously not Ray, but Ryan, you know, you can call him as well too. Uh, uh, this is a very very close friend of mine. And when I say this guy will go out on a limb to watch a company grow, that is his fucking business model is he wants to find people that are growing and buddy up to them and help them grow at all fucking costs. That's his identical business model that he attempts to replicate. He comes from a long, long line of ammonium sulfate dealers and, uh, and, uh, his family recently sold their ammonium sulfate, uh, uh, and I, I can't get into the details of it, but the largest ammonium sulfate dealer in the country. And he's like, hey, you know what? I'm fucking 24 years old. Well, he, when, when I started buying from this guy, he was 18 years old. And I'll never forget, he took us to dinner at this place where it's like fucking $200 a plate. And, uh, and, there, and there was like six of us there. And I think he ended up spending like two grand on the dinner. And, uh, and I was like, man, that is hilarious, but he didn't drink. And at the end of the dinner, I was like, look, dude, I don't trust people that don't drink. He's like, oh man, I'm only 18. And I was like, oh my fucking God. Uh, okay. Sorry. And he's like, but if you got a beer, I'll drink it with you right now. And I was like, okay, never mind. We're cool. We're cool. Trust me. Anyway, that, that is, is Peyton. And uh, he's an unbelievable guy. And, and I'll, I'll tell you exactly how he works. He's going to put 5% on it. And, uh, and that's just the way he does business. It doesn't matter whether, whether you're buying 10 pallets or you're buying 10 truckloads, he's going to put 5% on it because he wants to watch you fucking grow. 
And uh, so I highly recommend you leverage that. Um, and uh, But you do need pesticides and all that fun stuff. And I understand sometimes you have to buy uh, uh, nitrogen from them as well too. So, you know, use that as you, as you see fit. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I think, here's, I think that's it. Here's what, here's what I'm also going to tell you is, is that as far as the chems go, uh, I think here's my experience. Site one absolutely reams people on prices for herbicides and fungicides. I actually get treated a lot better by nutrient and others. Whereas site one, they just like, oh, they don't care. Like, here, bend over, no lube, you know. But with the, you know, products like, say, prodiamine or fungicides, I get treated very nicely by, you know, places besides site one. and. Here's the thing about Site 1. Site 1 is probably not going to carry even AMS or 111. Their model is by what is trendy and, you know, whatever, a lot of hype, a lot of nonsense because, but then you go to a place like Helena or Nutrien. Uh, and you ask them for a one one one, you know, spreadable granule. They don't know what the heck you're talking about. You ask, and oh, I'm gonna drop even one more on you. Did you guys know that both of those places sell fine crystal AMS that is probably more suitable? For the low rate applications that you're going to be doing. And you know what they call that stuff? Spray grade AMS. And the reason why they have it is because when these farmers are doing their pre plant burn down with glyphosate, the tank additive in the mix is 51 pounds of AMS per 300 gallons of spray. That is why. Those guys have AMS. And I'm under the idea that if you have a situation where you're spreading low rates of AMS, that fine crystalline AMS is probably going to be easier for you to deal with than the bigger prills. Got it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just a little hint. And, and oh, by the way, that spray grade AMS is probably like we've seen it for like $21, $22 as a one off bag. But then if you march in there and you tell those guys, hey, I need I need five pallets of this shit, I'm imagining that they can cut you, <laughs> you know, a good price on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. No, uh, thank all you guys. Go ahead. Um, for all that. Thank you. Thank all three of you guys for helping us out with all that because it's definitely blown my mind and definitely gives us a lot to, to think on and, and what we need to adjust and, and go from here. Well, time to go make some motherfucking money and grow. 
and uh, and and you know what? Become the dominant the, the, the dominant the dominant people in your area, and uh, and and become become the voice and the and the people to reckon with and show that uh, look, we know how to make money. We know how to get it fucking done. And uh, and you can suck my dick if you if uh, if, if you you if you're not going to join us. It's just the way it goes. We'll get to the show after the show. We're we're running extremely late, and uh, we can't wait to have you guys back on and hear how it all plays out. And of course, you know we're open to you all the time because you know we we want you all to be successful, and uh, and we love the support we've gotten from you guys, and we're here to support you 100 percent of the way. And uh, don't ever fucking forget that. All right. <laughs> Thank you. We love that. you. Okay. Yeah, we right. really love you guys. <laughs> here we go. 